from the South Harmon, uh, what is it called, Institute of uh, Internal Treatment. Um, those guys are great. Um, they always provide us with tacos uh, every month, uh, especially with their social security check. Uh, but today we have somebody who uh, was in our uh, 2020 uh, film festival. Um, and I'm glad we finally get a chance to talk because um, it's been a minute. Um, mm-hmm. Maddie per. per- <laughs> I'm purvis, like purvis. nervous. I'm so sorry. I wanted to <laughs> say the other way. And no, I'm it's fine. Damn it. Um, and we just talked about this too. So <laughs> Maddie, um, she got uh, best, her and her um, co-director, mm-hmm. um, forget her name. Zoe. Zoe, mm-hmm. one uh, best female, right? Uh, I think director. so. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what else. I want to say documentary. It might have been. Oh, anyways, okay, so your film was Same Sex Attracted. It was a documentary, full feature film. Um, yep. Like I said before, I, I really like talking to people who've done full features because it gives me a lot more to talk about. Totally. So, um, let's talk about your your film real quick and who okay. you are and who Zoe is and, and what y'all been up to since 2020 because that's three yeah. years. I know you made another film. Yeah, um, I've been busy. Yeah. So let, let's talk real quick. Let's catch up. Okay, cool. Um, my name is Maddie Purvis, but I'll honestly, everybody calls me Purves. It's just, it's, it's like a public inside joke. <laughs> it's really fine. Um, but same sex attracted was Zoe and my, we are best friends and we're kind of artists. And so a film was kind of at the time, it was purely like therapeutic, like a creative project that we both were like, this could be really big, but we're just going to focus on the art of it and <laughs> telling our stories and that kind of a thing. Um, but it's the movie itself. I don't know if your three audience members have all seen it or not, probably not, but it's on, on Apple TV and Amazon. And it's basically about on TV. It's on, um, man, I, I was looking it up cause I was like, dude, they've done so fucking much with it. Yeah. I'm so, like I'm so happy when I see like filmmakers make it. Yeah. And- we've been, tr- we just kind of pushed it. I mean, I, it was weird cause 2020 obviously we were hoping to have in-person premieres and and tours and parties and you know host public screenings and get kind of a a movement going around it but obviously that didn't happen that way so we were very happy with the festivals that took us but after a while we I kind of was just like it just needs to get public people are going to be watching it online anyway it might as well be on Apple TV versus, you know, something online that they got to figure out how to connect their laptop with an HDMI to watch it, you know, kind of a thing. So, yeah. But the movie itself is about uh, queer BYU students and BYU, for those of anyone who doesn't know, is the the Mormon college in Utah. (laughs) It's a private accredited institution. Um, And many people ask if this was a student film and it was not. I was a film student at the university, but in fact, um, all staff and faculty really wanted nothing to do with the film and so it is not affiliated with the university at all wow um, so that's kind of that's kind of the long and short of it i did have a lot of questions pertaining to the film right on and some of them i i i wanted i don't know how to ask without like sounding so insensitive about it i um, love that <laughs> please be insensitive it is it is <laughs> we have to just talk you know yeah, there's nothing it, it, wrong and, and and the biggest thing and the biggest question is okay if you are queer mm-hmm. you understand you're going to a very narrow-minded christian university who's private mm-hmm. why the fuck are you still there and why, why are you going really and why do you stay yeah it's it's the first question everybody asks is like why are there even kids going there yeah. and it's it's it doesn't take long if you kind of think about it i was a mormon before i was a gay person if that makes sense i was raised in this religion that was sent, now i have a perspective of it as a cult <laughs> that it brainwashed me into accepting a lot of things that turns out are not based in reality but that's how these kids are 
are, are they enter the university like me. I didn't know I was gay until after college had already started. <laughs> and for my whole life, it was BYU or, or bust. That was the only college, not only that my family really supported me going to, but also in the culture, you know, I, I was one of the few Mormons in my California town. And it was kind of just understood that if I went to college, it would be to BYU. <laughs> um, oh, that's just, that's just the track. And, and it's not that, not just the case in California and out of Utah, Within Utah, it's different, but it's it's pretty much students apply to all the Utah schools. And if they get into BYU, it's pretty much they choose it, <laughs> if that makes sense. And why not leave? There's a lot of reasons. I didn't want to have to leave and say why. Um, you know, a lot of it would have included me pretty much admitting to my family, coming out to them as queer, but also then also as I didn't want to stay Mormon. And I didn't know how they would accept that, too. And if I left the university, it would be because of that and it would raise flags. And a lot of a lot of other queer kids say the same thing is, is that they first can't afford other places. BYU is cheap as hell, especially for for Mormons. <laughs> it is more expensive for non-Mormons. But secondly, there's the pressure of staying and even the internal pressure of if I am really good enough, am I if I'm a good Christian, you know, I will stay here so that I can you know, be held accountable so that I can be surrounded by other like-minded people and so that I can stay on the straight and narrow, if that makes sense. There's a lot of reasons why to stay and why to go, but it's, it's for most people outside of it, it's so hard to fathom. Like mm -hmm. you, why go to BYU? It's the worst place for you to go, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's just, it's a backwards experience from that. If that makes sense. No, no, it makes total sense. And, and again, I have to hear it in that perspective because I, again, I'm looking at it from very gilded eyes. Um, yeah, right. You know, and so for me to sit here and be like, man, dude, why are these kids doing this to themselves? Why yeah. go through that hassle? Because again, I go through a private, I, I go to a private um, Catholic institution, but they're oh, very open about it. Um, sure. I go to the, um, shit, I forgot the name, Incarnate Word University, which sure. is, a, a, it's a private, it used to be an all-female uh, private uh, university then they changed and so forth so but it's still private catholic based okay. and i mean catholic based university. sure, sure. Um, and as long as you abide by the principles of the the sisters yeah. and goals of of the sisters then you're good sure. you know and you it, go to mass matter. and you're fine mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't matter mm -hmm. your your orientation or whatever as long as the sisters are right right <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? you do your homework yeah yeah you know and and you do your 40 hours of community service and everything's for the community and all this good stuff so but mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. education that we get through them is awesome so anyways great but it, was, good. it was one of those very gilded eyesights that i saw when, when the first time i saw the film i yeah. saw it from the perspective of a filmmaker making a voice hurt Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of seeing it, Absolutely. you know, yep. from Absolutely. like, okay, there's a message there. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the message? And, yeah. and now that we're talking, I'm like, oh, dude, this is awesome. So, okay, cool. Moving forward. Um, yeah. What, what has been your biggest hurdle because of the film? Interesting. What in my personal life or in making the film or filmmaking? Because again, I imagine not many people, I don't know. I imagine there's not a market. Mm. Or yeah. <laughs> this type of film. Sure. Sure. I mean, so what's the hurdle been like for you? It it has been frustrating. Um I, I think honestly, just because Zoe and I are nobodies. <laughs> um yeah. and, and and we're not associated with Netflix or anything. There's a lot of Mormon media out there, and a lot of it is kind of hot button and even like uh Interesting, like Murder Among the Mormons was a Netflix series that kind of passed around. Then there was just recently Under the Banner of Heaven, which had Ryan or one of the Andrew Gosling or something in it. And people liked it on Hulu. But ours has really struggled to kind of get out into the public because I think we're both, you know, young, female, out of nowhere filmmakers that are like, hey, we're first time. And and with the, the 2020 kind of cutting off the distri our distribution plan, it also kind of cuts the legs off of, of any kind of marketing thing. And really, it mostly also just, I just totally hit depression. I was like, I've been working so hard on this thing that means so much to me for so long. 
and looking forward to that payoff that just it, it was different than what I thought. So pretty much we just were like, okay, you know what, get it online. <laughs> um, and I think in some ways that's allowed us to to push it ourselves, just send links out and join things like this, like festival communities, but also, you know, religious communities or ex-religious communities, communities that are interested in talking about religion or beliefs and that yeah. kind of a thing. So I don't know if that answers it, but I, it, it has been, it has been frustrating. Um, if I had money, if I had, you know, if I knew Steven Spielberg and I could reach out, it might be a different story because, yeah. because it is, I think, a film that is from the heart and those are rare. And I think if it was found by the right pe people, it could, it could have, you know, exploded, but we didn't, at the end of the day, I, we, we stopped caring about that. We just wanted eyes to watch it and to have conversations like this, because that is the theme of the film is, is conversations. We have to have them, even if. It's uncomfortable because we have to get out. We have to verbally say what our cognitive dissonances are. <laughs> yeah. You know, faith and sexuality. Why isn't this working? We have to talk about this. So you can actually say, you know what? I need to leave this university. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm going to stay and I'm going to choose this thing. It, it forces that conversation, which forces decisions. And I don't know. That, that was a very long answer to that question. <laughs> no, 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 no. But don't, 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 don't stop. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the fact that I could sit here with the filmmaker and get that nuanced understanding of the film. Because again, yeah. there's different layers to this film. And that's one uh -huh. of the reasons why we picked it. It, mm. it could have been easily like, oh yeah, she's the best female filmmaker because we only had five female <laughs> and the four of the rest of them were all high schoolers. So right, no, right. it wasn't that, you know, but it wasn't <laughs> that as a female and, and and I hate putting it this way, but as a female, to put yourself in this predicament, and I say predicament because it is, <laughs> you're doing an LGBTQ film, you're doing a documentary, which is, oh my gosh, everybody hates documentaries. <laughs> you love them or you hate them, you know what I mean? That's, yep. that's, that's honestly. So you're doing a documentary, you're, you're female, like you said, you're, you're starting out. And so for you to say, oh, one of my first films was a LGBTQ documentary. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, big old fucking red x right there yep, you killed yep. your whole you know yep. your whole no, career right there i but, appreciate you saying that that's funny to have your perspective i yeah <laughs> it's been kind of frustrating I mean, but it, it is it's, it, it, it's reality I'm, so yeah i'm sorry it, it that's that's how it is in our in our i don't want to say network but in in, in our industry mm -hmm. filmmakers you're judged very quickly by what you put out you know what I mean? And and you get so typecasted. And this is another question I was going to ask you, um, because I I got to ask the sound guy, I I got to ask once to do a LGBTQ, well, it wasn't that, it was, it was a um, drag queen uh, documentary. Mm. Cool. And somebody asked me, he's like, well, how are you going to, how are you going to reconcile that? Because you're not queer. Mm. And you're doing an audio gig. I'm like, well, mm. first of all, I'm doing an audio gig because that that's my job. It's yeah, it's a gig. <laughs> it's a gig. You know, <laughs> oh, but your name's gonna be put in and you're gonna be, you know, now you're gonna be like told to do all these queer movies. I'm like, if they pay, cool. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. I'm a filmmaker, you know, I mm -hmm. go where I'm being put as a filmmaker, but it's different as a director though. A you are bit. the director. This is your voice in a way, because it is. Mm. You know, regardless of what people say as a director every movie we put out it's part of our voice absolutely so how do you reconcile with all this um well I actually it's it's interesting that we're talking about this now I'm, I've been making movies since and, and for me my career story I fell in love with filmmaking after I used it kind of as a therapeutic process <laughs> my Zoe and I co-directed it yeah. we were both creatives we're both artistic people and I was applying to the film program at BYU. So it was on my mind. It's kind of like a, almost like a new medium <laughs> of kind of getting passionate about. And in making this movie, I kind of just fell in love with all the processes. I, I like the post side of things too. So I, I respect the sound guy because <laughs> it, it makes all the difference in the world. And you know that more than anybody. But um, I, I'm kind of right now working on a documentary about the American healthcare system. 
And just like you say, it's a documentary, which is kind of like, oh, interesting, but you kind of already glaze your eyes over. Yeah. And healthcare, which is important, whatever, but also boring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Right? You're, You're like, not I'm not coming back. <laughs> exactly. The, the other one that's online already, uh, my other film, Anchor Point, is about female wildland firefighters. I saw that. It's- you did. Oh, thank I started you. watching it. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm gonna have to bring you back to talk about that too, because that, yeah, that, sure. I, that was interesting. I was like, ah, she got me hooked. <laughs> <laughs> it's more. I, well, I don't know. I, I now I'm all flustered. That's very nice of you. I'm, I, nobody ever watches that has seen my stuff like that, but that that and that's cool. But um, what were we talking about? Health- oh, healthcare. What my current director? I'm I'm editing this yeah. healthcare documentary. And we're both very cognizant of that. We've both had past projects like SSA, with, well, that's what we call it shorthand, SSA, same sex attracted, um, that have been less than what we've wanted in terms of audience reaction and everything. Yeah. And looking looking into it, if we don't have a big name, or you know, you need somebody in in the know to kind of let you in that door. And it's the same in probably every industry. But yeah. I've kind of given up on that. I don't really care. If, if, if I have to schmooze with Brad Pitt, we have the resources now where we can publish and distribute ourselves. And if that's kind of, if that, if the point is to make films and to tell stories and all of that, then distribution should not be the first thing <laughs> that you think of when you're going to create. It should be, you know, we've had the experience now. Okay. We know that we can reach out to Gravitas Ventures or to Magnolia Pictures and try to get a low-level distribution, or we can put it on Amazon ourselves yeah. and push it ourselves. And if if something works, if a marketing kind of push comes out of that, excellent, we'll hop on it. But it's about making the film. It's you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. So in some ways, you know, success or not, it, how famous we get or anything, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> so. No, I mean, I, I totally get you. Um, and this is something I have told a lot of people. And, and I think this is why, and, and I'll restate, I'll, I'll anchor myself on this point, why I only want to do interviews with people who've done features. Mm. And nothing against people who do shorts. But right. most shorts really don't go anywhere. As a feature, sure. you're, you're, you're doing a lot. Mm-hmm. But once you release that feature and you've released mm-hmm. that feature. Yeah that's another fucking animal and yeah if you survive that you need an outlet you need an additional yeah. push because i've been there yep. so mm-hmm. that's my mentality is you know again i'm not trying to do anything against shorts it's just the fact that i understand that once you release that feature it is mm-hmm. it, it's, it's with you for the rest of your life you're constantly it's out there you're, you're absolutely dude somebody watch it somebody feels something and, and again mm-hmm. that's something mm-hmm. about if you've never released anything and gotten bad reviews or somebody saying, oh, dude, you're a fucking shitty ass film with your, oh, you, whatever. I, I didn't do my job. Yeah, I right. emote something from you. Like you, your, your film, it got me thinking. And again, mm-hmm. I'm one of those that's like, dude, I don't care what you do in your bedroom as long as you leave me alone, I leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. We, we could co-live, cohabitate, whatever. Yep. I don't care. That's my mentality. But when you mm-hmm. see a film like this, I'm like, fuck. Wow. That's human experience right there that's fucking like dude these kids all they want to do is live life and something as simple as the bible or (laughs) stupid beliefs because they are and it's not just your religion it's everybody's religion yes always puts a stop on life and i'm like yeah aren't you you contradicting what you're saying about life and love and all this bullshit Mm -hmm. so again, I'm sorry, I get excited because no, this is what we're this is great. This is what the best part. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what your film did. And again, that's why we picked it because it was it emoted that much in us. And we're like, wow, cool, that's badass. Let's and then when I had the idea of bringing film news back, I'm like, okay, let me bring back the films that I know I personally loved and voted for. Wow. My my all my other crew that votes for everything, again, they're part-timers whatever this is my <laughs> so i'm like you know what i'm gonna bring these bad guys and just like talk and, and they just bring back their films man yeah no i appreciate that so much it 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 like there you know this there's so many un 
untracked hours, just hours and hours and hours spent, if not working in premiere, then thinking about your films. <laughs> and, and and with this one too, it was so autobiographical and it was so personal that it just, all of that, all of this th went into like, even just thinking about it, you know, and it's, and it's nice to hear somebody who's never heard any of the conversations that went on behind the, behind the, the scenes, you know, in making the film can have a reaction. That's what, that's what we want as filmmakers is for somebody to connect. And even if they don't come to the same conclusion that you probably intended them to come to, you got them thinking on the same yeah. thought. And all of a sudden we're, we're both just two humans who can talk about something that, that's that's great i i think of the scene i don't know if you're thinking about it where david the believer is talking about um how he doesn't know if byu should change he's on the bridge yeah. you know and there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. The, the bell tower behind him and he's kind of like because it he won't says be byu it, if it changed yeah yes and it just before that he says but it is horrible but we can't change and and and, and showing him grappling with that and just kind of the tension there is was the point of it because <laughs> that is what gets people thinking like oh my gosh you can see him thinking what does that get you to think about how did the, this person arrive at this conclusion and that's that's you're right it's the human experience that's yeah. what i don't know i'm glad to hear that it affected you that's that's touching <laughs> no i mean again i, I i'm i'm a i love to wave the flag for indie indie guys because it yeah it, we're the ones who are out there, and I say this all the time in Hollywood, is they're just churning out bullshit. But with us, it's yep. like, dude, we're, we're passionate about what we put out. Yeah. Especially like 100%. yourself. 100%. With the film, <laughs> you, um, let me see if I get it right. I'm looking at this on IMDb. It said you oh. raised 50 for it. We actually just kind of guesstimated that number when we submitted. Yeah. Um, so how'd you, how'd you raise the funds? for it and how much of it was like for post pre and all yeah. that other good stuff most of it was for production and post um pre-production was mostly us on like looking up how to do this because <laughs> i was just taking beginning film classes and other than you know writing classes and i took animation classes other than that we were kind of newbies at this so we did we watched a bunch of movies <laughs> you know we took notes and all the things we read all the articles and all the youtube channels um what was your question <laughs> i just come 100 your budget on your budget oh budget that's right that's right um so in doing that research i came up with this magic number of like okay a basic documentary starter starter kit <laughs> and that was kind of our starting budget was we just need sd cards and hard drives and a camera and a couple microphones and that was that was our first budget and we raised we started with a kickstarter in 2015 16 i think and in that kickstarter we raised almost eight thousand dollars which was great that was kind of our production budget <laughs> that's, that's um, really so amazing we, that you raised that much to begin with it it was really hard we did it in the middle of school but it was totally we had we had the support you know there the interesting thing is that because byu or even utah um is one of those places where it's like the front lines <laughs> of like lgbtq rights because it's yeah. one of the places that that's there's still tension and happening that's not the case in california right yeah. um that also means you get a, a very vibrant counterculture so we had a lot of support from allies because they were they could see very clearly their next door neighbors suffering so much um so that was kind of that was kind of nice we got a lot of support from non-byu <laughs> people <laughs> um but other than that the finances we actually all raised ourselves after that we financed the rest of production so the guess of fifty thousand dollars includes gosh i mean i worked part-time as a handyman contractor so i was doing plumbing and electricity that all went into the pot of adobe you know subscriptions and yeah. we we hired i think we spent um I think $5,000, we hired a sound guy because I don't know anything about sound. So he came in and post sound cleanup. We hired another person to help us with color. Um, come to find out in documentary, you can probably color yourself. <laughs> it's another learning experience. I don't know if I'd pay that. If it was another micro budget thing, I don't know if I would do that again. But sound, definitely. Um, and travel. There was a couple of times where I, I went, I drove down a couple of times to Southern California Zoe actually flew once to DC to film a shoot that we didn't end up even including in the film. <laughs> um, things like that. 
And I think 50 was high for what we quoted, but it was a nice round number when we were submitting on IMDb. So it probably, it was between 25 and $50,000 okay. in that bracket. Would you do it again? For that much money? Um, I'd do it for less. Absolutely. I would do it again for less. I, and I would do as much. I mean, now I have, you know, it doesn't, whatever camera doesn't matter if it's 4k or not you have to know how to use a camera i'm learning now how to use a camera so i could do it for less you know for it would take less time and that kind of a thing and yeah i would i love that answer i i really love that answer because a lot of people <laughs> oh no, no i'd raise more money i'm like why it, it yeah doesn't, it doesn't now i love the fact that what was it on um i think it was uh one of the big big tier uh festivals somebody was you know filmed their whole film yeah. on an iphone yeah i'm like dude if that person could film on an iphone a feature film there's no excuse we could ever give as to why i'm not making a film that matters agreed agreed just, i'm sorry i just that now sound is totally different though <laughs> you still need that's sound. true it's very um, true <laughs> but with a zoom with this handy recorder which is i think a yeah. brand new like 600 maybe 700 i don't know the recent prices but that and an iphone <laughs> like if we're talking bare bones that's all you well and maybe a tripod right that that's that's all you need and any more than that is it becomes self um i don't know i want to say the word incestuous it becomes like you know like it, it we need to have this 8K camera so it really helps the art. No, no, you don't need an 8K camera to help the art. <laughs> like if, if that's, I totally agree with you there. Um, okay, I have to ask a question because you said you went to film school and this always gets yeah. everybody, you're either one or the other. Sure. Should you go to film school or not? Could I? Should you go to film school or Should not? Should you? Oh, that's completely independent, I think. And on my film school, was actually, I got a bachelor's in media studies <laughs> from Brigham Young University. So it wasn't like LA film school yeah. or another, or practical where you have two years, especially a very much onset experience. And for some people, I think if you want to go and do the PA thing where you go and live in Hollywood and you live in with six other people in a small place and you just take every PA gig you want, you know, then sure, go to film school. So you know the basics, don't go to something that costs like a hundred thousand dollars. That's a waste of time and money um oh i'm so sorry homie i'm so sorry it's not fair we did we weren't told that college is like marginally helpful anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's my advice like it, it really depends on what you want to do i think if you want to go and become like a writer film writer maybe the way to do it is like to apply to one of the bigs in you know like um usc or one of the other kind of film schools but even then you know just pick up a camera and start making stuff you don't have to go to, to go to film school and you don't have to know like the, like a, a clothespin, you know, the Hollywood word for a clothespin, a C-47. Yeah. You don't have to know that to make it to tell a good story. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that, that's so. And yet and also film school can offer network. It can offer kind of a basic, you know, you can say I took this certification or I took this training and that kind of a thing. So there, there's benefits to it that way. I just think it's not worth the money. Yeah, I, I, I laugh because one of my friends from Austin, she put out a book um, mm. about all the, 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 the little quirky, like, oh, I'm going to go take a 10 or go take a 20 mm. or whatever. Or yeah, <laughs> to see whatever. I'm like, I don't know any of these. And I've been in the industry like for what, four years. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I still don't know half of these terms. I'm like, dude, what do you want? You oh, close bin. Oh, yeah, I got plenty of those at home. Seriously, <laughs> oh, you want a rubber band? Is that all? Just start with that. <laughs> I also think this is also. I'm a documentary. I'm, I've I love documentary, but even more than I love independent film. Yeah. Like it, there's just I I don't feel any drive anymore to go to the Hollywood thing. And I think actually that allows us more creative freedom. We don't have to really fight and create a proposal for why to include a certain sequence or not. You can just make your case and say why you feel passionate about something and and work together to make 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 good shit that's that's the best why would anyone want to go to hollywood and, and be told what to do all day and starve and not get paid enough you know just pick up a camera and and start shooting and i think there's there's a besides the creativity i think there's there's a freedom yeah independent film because yeah and you you just said it on the on the nose 
when I could go to another town, another city or whatever, find a fellow filmmaker mm -hmm. and talk for hours and instantly connect with them. Yeah. On a different level than anybody else. And <laughs> be able to say, you know what? Wow, dude, let's do something right now. Yep. And and you've just now started a new revolution right there. Yeah. That to me is like wild to think. And in Hollywood, you're like, no, like you said, no, you have to get a green lit. First, you have to go through the writer's room and mm -hmm. the editor and blah, blah, blah. And you, you got to schmooze to get certain companies on board to finance certain things. And then you got to partner with like even food vendors that are approved and everything. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I'm like, dude, why? It's like, you see half of these people, you're like, 20 billion dollars i'm like okay what did you spend? where did that go <laughs> worse than mine and uh, mm. I, that's, <laughs> oh my god absolutely ah it, it's nothing more frustrating than seeing the budget of something and and it's a shitty movie <laughs> like, uh, this has Dr. been so refreshing thank you so much for having me on and talking about this it's been very good to talk to somebody else oh no no problem and that's what i'm here for um talking about documentaries <sighs> It's hard. Mm -hmm. It is. Because again, like I said, most people either hate them or love them. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, if you love them, most of the time you, you gravitate to that. It's like, oh man, you know, uh, Marilyn Monroe killed herself or whatever. Yes. Those yeah. kind of documentaries. Richard Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but the, the documentaries where you see an issue that needs to be addressed, mm -hmm. most people kind of stray away from. Yeah. Why do you keep doing this to yourself? <laughs> Especially I, for the firefighters now. Come yeah. on. <laughs> well, the firefighter, the firefighter film I jumped on because I was I knew the filmmaker. Um, and I just came on as an editor and then helped produce. And that was mostly an opportunistic thing where I was like, oh, you need an editor? I want to become an editor. Perfect. I'll hop on this thing that I like. I like women. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll, I'll make a movie about female firefighters. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but but in doing both of them, yes. you're like, all right, yeah, I'm, I get to watch hours of footage of this? Okay. <laughs> I get to be with them? Oh, yes. <laughs> but there's also something kind of addictive to sitting in a chair and forcing yourself to connect with another human in a way where you are considering their life as a narrative and forcing yourself to also verbalize what it is about their narrative that you connect to and then figure out a way to present that in a way that the audience can also connect to that. That's addicting. That's like therapy. And it's, it's also like scrapbooking in a way it's, 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 so it doesn't matter. I don't think that maybe nobody will watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously can, like, I'm shifting into filmmaking is my career. It's what I identify as. And I'm going to figure out finances in a different way <laughs> because it doesn't matter um, how many people see the film. I can figure that out. I can distribute myself. I can network myself. I can start a social media campaign for pennies on the dollar. I can't guarantee that I'll get Michael Moore on the phone and that we'll set up some HBO production. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. I've given up on trying. I, I've given up on cold calling and emailing. So it's my, it might as well just make art <laughs> and figure out how to do it for the purpose of making the art. I'm just like sorry i'm so in tune with what you're saying i'm like you're like yeah yeah <laughs> especially because I, I hate this is one thing i hate editing um do you I, really oh that's funny I that's my favorite i can't thing. sit i'm not an editor i can't mm. sit here and, and and i've seen the film when i'm filming i've seen the film in my head i know mm. what i want mm -hmm. I'm, I'm filming it mm -hmm. but when i get to the chair i'm like nah i've got <laughs> Zoe, my partner, was that way. She was she was very much like, I'm so passionate about something and I can see it and I want you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. So yeah, so so to hear an editor's point of view, I'm like, I'm just like, wow, cool. Interesting. It's different, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm that way when it comes to audio, but when it comes to editing, I'm like, nah. That, sure. can, can somebody? this you know yeah <laughs> anybody anybody mm -hmm. i don't care <laughs> sure sure that's funny and i with sound i can't tell the difference between 
someone's like, oh, doesn't that sound so much better? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think so. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to, um, oh, I can't remember, O'Ryan oh, from uh, Ninja Badass. And I was telling him, I was like, because mm. I, I geeked out for like five minutes telling him why I picked his film for sound, best mm. sound. And he's like, yeah, it was an act. <laughs> oh, no. No. Like, it wasn't conscious. No. Sure. It was not a, dude, it fits the genre. It fits. And I was going off on it. And he's like, mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good you're around then. People, we need, the industry is short on sound people, <laughs> people who have passion about that, I think. We have too many writers and directors. <laughs> I think we have too many cinematographers. That too, 100%. Cinematographers. Yeah, yeah. Cinematography. Yeah. Um, real quick, let me take a break. Um, not here, but on the podcast. Sure. Um, because I'm running out of time on my Zoom. Um, I'll okay. send you another link. Um, that sure. way we can continue. All right. Whatever. Cool. All right. Let me see. <laughs> It'll be like two, three minutes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I am so sorry. Don't be. Oh gosh, I've done it so many times. I've actually done it with a client recently and I just didn't tell them. I just <laughs> just footage. I was like, oh yeah, we're recording. And we we hadn't been. I started. It happens. We it's classic. All right. So for those of you joining us again, I did the most film noobish noob thing I could ever do. We spent like maybe about 30 minutes talking. Second <laughs> half. <laughs> Great conversation, great emotion, great. Just, no, I wept. <laughs> I cried like a little baby. Y'all should have heard me, guys. Y'all missed it. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I didn't hit record. By the way, if y'all y'all can't figure out what I did, I didn't hit record until I said, "All right, bye." And, and I was closing out the session, and I hit the stop. And it said recording in progress. I was like, oh <laughs> literally, literally like, everyone has done that. Everyone has that like at least four times. Yep. Well, I hope not. This is I'm supposed to be professional about this. I'm supposed to be like, yeah, film noobs, like the podcast is great. And yeah. It I'm is. In film noobs, we do this shit all the time. It is so easy to press the record button so many times how many times have you done that you're shooting b-roll i don't know if you do that but i do it all the time constantly or like you you see the the clip the thumbnail for what you're downloading you're like oh that looks really good and you start and it's like okay action and then it cuts like it just you know we do this shit <laughs> worst thing ever as an audio guy yes cut. yep oh yeah oh. Cut. Uh, can we have another one because i heard a, yep. a noise in the yep. background Oh, uh-huh. Uh, technical? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I could get away with it because I'm an audio dude. Sure. Video guys, I don't think they could get away with that shit. Probably not. There's just too many. There's too many video guys out there. Well, no, it's just the fact that it's like, well, can we see the playback on that? And yeah, like, well, yeah. Uh. <laughs> there is, there is none. <laughs> I could always be like, oh, I heard something in the background. So yeah, this that that that's bad take. You mm -hmm. know, audio side, we just yeah, bad take. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but on a podcast, how do you justify that? Oh no, you can't. No. Bad take uh, though is a good name for a band, by the way, though. Bad no, take. you know, I wanted to start a band called N More. Oh, okay. That way, you know how on the Grammys they're like, oh yeah, you know, Soundgarden and YouTube and more. I'm like, yes, we made it and more. We, we got to be there. <laughs> genius. That's totally genius. Wow. Yeah. Et cetera. You know? There you go. E-C-T <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Uh-huh. I one more dot, just so you don't get in trouble. Totally. One more dot. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. So what do you want to rehash? Okay. The two questions I asked you. Oh, okay. man, I feel so bad. Don't, don't. We can just pretend like nothing happened. Well, we just talked about it for the last 10 minutes. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's true. There. It's also, there. I start, your, your first question was, was that about budget or did we already talk about that? No, we talked about that in the first time. No, actually, the first question when I came back was, um, and we were talking back about the film, was one, um, and I read the quote. Um, I'll read it again. Because oh, what has happened since? Time. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it's uh, BYU continues to ban LGBTQ students groups from meeting on campus as of 2022. During an off-campus September 22, BYU LGBTQ students back to school Pride night, 100 protesters, it's interesting how they have 100 protesters. Uh, many also BYU students gathered and yelled slurs at 300 LGBTQ BYU students and, for, and friends in attendance. It was just a hundred protesters, so I guess they're good with just a <laughs> hundred. They met the quota. No, yeah, that made a big. Uh, they, they met their quota. That's funny. They um, that happened, and that was kind of a common a combination of USGA. They were represented, but since COVID, there have been a lot of um, nonprofit and also just social awareness groups on on social media who have kind of sprung up and kind of coalesced whatever they've gotten together and they put on that group together so there was usga but there was also i think affirmation one of the churches almost related things i think they were represented there um rainbow collective with a y <laughs> that's in there um and interestingly there's kind of also been a counterculture movement with more and more of like the mormon church's politics being publicized on the internet <laughs> And um, just also with the media, not only this film, but many other bigger ones, like the Murder Among the Mormons and the Banner of Heaven. Yeah. It's been talked about and people are leaving en masse. The church is hemorrhaging members, which I'm glad about. And part of the interestingness of what's happened since this movie's come out is it's it's gotten back to the protest level. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I think because it's gone all online and all digital. So there's like a, a weird, interesting like activity among millennials <laughs> who are like rehashing this and bringing it to the forefront again because they're all on social media and they're talking about it and they're bringing it back to the front and so it's gonna be interesting how the mormon church has to handle it <laughs> um we were talking a little bit about how people who are still in the church or maybe on the edge they're married yeah. to someone who believes or yeah um the current kind of conversation and debate of will they won't they change will the mormon church allow gay people to get married for example or not um, people talk about the church's history with race and racism. In 1978 was the first time they changed their doctrine and policies to allow Black people to perform ceremonies, to enter, and then, you know, participate. Yeah, yeah. What Mormons believe is like life-saving ordinances. <laughs> that was in 78. That was a good decade or so after. Yeah, I know. And I don't know. The Mormon church is so good at PR and somehow that they, that's not really known by lay people. That's most people hear that and they're like, whoa, that's kind of late, isn't it? Yes, it was. It was. And I think the debate between fringe Mormons, <laughs> believers, non-believers, people like me who I've left, but I can't leave it alone. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's the debate is um, will they change like they did with and the the phrasing of this? There's many articles about it is the blacks and the priesthood. That's if you want to look at, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> There's lots of stuff about that. Um, will the church kind of double back and change their stance on homosexuality or will they stick it out and eventually like get smaller and smaller, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's, that's what people say is it will change because they did with race. They'll change with every social justice issue. I kind of am in the camp where I don't think it will. I don't think it can because of the weirdness of, in doctrine and in the Mormon doctrine, the importance of marriage and family, namely a man and woman and creating children. That's like half of Mormon religion right there. So I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it can change. And I don't know if they care. It, it's so interesting to kind of watch all these current events happen as, as the world, you know, us worldly people progress in one way and the church either stays or goes the other way it'll be interesting for the next decade to see kind of politically what will happen well i mean yeah and we mentioned this before the fact that the catholic church mm -hmm. recently changed with pope saying hey yes. gay people are okay you know god said gays okay right you know? right and that's so weird because yeah religion is one of those things and and again we said it but religion is one of those things that most people don't want to talk about it because it sucks. It sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't allow. It's it's so contradictory to what it preaches about love and unity and understanding and cohesion and all that good shit. When all we want to do is be human and live and 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 just coincide and and be happy, dude. Fuck. Totally. 
I have, I don't know if you, if you received this in your Christian upbringing, Catholic upbringing or whatever, but, um, the idea of like, um, gosh, obedience as a value, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I no longer think of obedience as something to like take pride in. Like, yeah, I'm an obedient person. That is religion. Religion is like, it is important to follow the rules. It is important. And your moral standing depends on how closely you adhere to these rules that we have decided. There is no critical thinking involved. There is no self-discovery involved. It's 100%. I submit my thinking, processing power and decision-making to somebody else who has their own agenda and I will just follow that. I'm not going to think of my of what I would think myself. I'm going to take what they have given me is the answer, and I'm just going to em, 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 embrace it and like let it dissolve, like turn into what I believe. <laughs> what I mean. No, I am absolutely. And what what is right and wrong? I don't come up with. I'm I'm told what is right and wrong. Yeah, I, I can't stand that anymore. I think all religion does that. That's the only point of organized religion is to organize a set of beliefs and to police that set of beliefs. We don't need that. We don't need religion to be spiritual. Like you say, we can have we can have a relationship with ourselves and any other person, and that's only that's the most important thing, and that's the only thing we can do. We can't <clears throat> do anything other than that. And again, it, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier—the fact that as filmmakers. I love that medium because it we're kind of like priests, you know, we're we're, <laughs> we're given the power to touch people's lives and yeah, touch people in a different funny. way. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's uh-huh. one of the things that I did tell you about the fact that again, I'm one of those that like, dude, I don't care what your preference is. I really don't. Sure. Yeah. It, it's I don't care. It's you not do you. I do me. You do you, boo, and yep. I do me, and, and we're, <laughs> we're good. Yep. Once you infringe on that, then we have issues. But that, mm-hmm. you know, but and for me to sit here and watch a film that specifically talks about, you know, kids having to deal with not being queer, but dealing with the fact that that's all they want. They want to live mm-hmm. life in a community that doesn't allow them because of beliefs or belief system. Mm-hmm. It's a system. It's not beliefs. Right. It's a right. System. Yeah. Smart. And, like fuck dude it gets you thinking mm-hmm. and, and and i'm i'm a church of maddie oh, you know <laughs> church of maddie no absolutely not no no church cult of maddie. <laughs> cult of maddie that's better i'd be a really good cult leader you know i got go. good training good training for that <laughs> but it's one of the things that yeah it it's it makes you think it's it's smart it's witty when it has to be but it brings you into realization that you have to connect with people. You have to understand that point of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was it was done great, and and I loved it, and, and a lot of us loved it. And Thank that was you. one of the reasons why, again, best documentary is like again. And I, I think I've said it, or if not said it, I'll say it right now. People hate documentaries. <laughs> most of the time, they're they're kind of boring, but because yeah. they do a message, but it's done not to where you're bringing people in. You're just trying mm-hmm. to tell a message. But yeah. you brought people in because, like you said earlier, that part of editing where you sit there and you try to connect with the person. And that's the yeah. difference, I think, that you you did with your film, that you just didn't put the message out there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Connection. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the connections was when we talked about um, David, I think you said. Yeah, David, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's on, the, he's on the bridge and there's a bell tower in the mountains behind him. That's such an important point moment in the movie because it's one of the few times that like in a sitting in the in a one location one person will say two things that contradict each other <laughs> and you have to kind of sit and watch them do that and watch them hold two contradicting truths and values in their head and just kind of sit with these two that cognitive dissonance is like a, a theme <laughs> for me in the film of like have, having to grapple with and then ultimately you have to decide you can't Recon, you know the question of like how do you reconcile your faith and sexuality you can't in some ways yeah. <laughs> you have to change you have to adapt and grow and that's so hard in a religious context and it doesn't matter the religion when you're told this is the way to live and the world is bad and anything outside of this is 
is scary and bad and corrupt and the devil and all that shit. <laughs> and this is all the good. And you don't need to think about the other stuff. We will tell you what to believe and what to say and everything. And you're left in the middle with this given set of beliefs, system of beliefs, I like that. <laughs> and what your own brain as a human and your life experience is, is telling you in terms of who you love what your favorite kind of food is, like things that nobody really can tell you. It's just innate. <laughs> and you're sitting with these two things and they come into conflict with each other. A lot of us, there's a trauma response there. Do you fight or do you flight or do you freeze? A lot of us just froze. A lot of us stayed at BYU when that happened. What do I do? Is this community that's told me is the only way for me to get to heaven? Is it false <laughs> or is it true and I'm gay and broken and life is just fucked up that way that I have to be celibate or whatever. Like what, what is it? I, you know, and that doesn't, ha you don't have to be Mormon to, to, to really um, relate to that in any way. My mom, right. When you, it's, it's kind of a moment of growing up when you realize your parents are also people and they also make mistakes. <laughs> it's, it's another kind of, it's a sim, it's the same thing. The reality you thought was one way is crumbling and you have to decide what, what to accept as reality <laughs> moving forward yeah man it's so crazy but yeah again your film was awesome and, and it and it did its job it emoted not just feelings but a sense of i don't want to say curiousness but mm. awareness mm. And it wasn't just awareness for, for being queer or queer students, but it's just awareness of the fact that, like you said, 1978, things are still changing. And you're like, it's 2000s and we're still having issues about humanity and yeah. understanding and, and compassion and, and just all around, just sit there and listen, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That's like, it's okay to not know the answer. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to say sorry. Like all yeah, of this yeah. is fine and in fact important. <laughs> and, and I think we've lost a little bit of, of that. Like it, in religion, it's really easy to see because politics somehow come in, you know? <laughs> is it, does Christ care if you're a Democrat or Republican? Probably not, but uh, somehow it's gonna be um, Republican. <laughs> right, there, but that's, and that's in, part of it, right? In and, Texas, and it, Christ is Republican. It's, it's which is so interesting, right? That, that has nothing to do with Mormonism, but it's the same conversation. Yeah. And he has. I'm glad that you connected. I'm, that's that's my job as an editor is to find the thing in in the footage and in the whatever that I connect to and figure out how to translate that into a film so that an audience can also connect to the same thing. That's the that's movie magic. That's what I love about editing, and I'm glad to hear that it worked. <laughs> the the next biggest thing that we talked about. Um, that I didn't get to record <laughs> <laughs> was about distribution and going to film festivals, the importance yeah. and, and about self-distribution more than distribution, self-distribution. Totally. totally. Pretty much we talked about it and I still think is true. And the more we talk about it, the more I think it's true is self-distribution self is the way of the future for film, for filmmakers who care more about the piece that they make rather than the money they make. That that is true. Is is put your shut your shit up there. You keep control of it, um, and don't waste any of your time or resources hoping for a big payout that you're that isn't. It's it's on spec, right? <laughs> Spend <laughs> all of your time and resources that you have in making the best piece of art that you can. Don't waste them on. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your precious money looking for something that isn't secure. When when folk if you focus on your art that's when the best stuff happens <laughs> and everything else will figure itself out. The finances will, will, will figure itself out. If you focus on your job, making movies, you know, making shit happen. See, and, and, and that, Oh man, I, Oh, I wish we could have gained that one momentum because that's one of the quotes that you had said that I loved mm -hmm. that you made a point of. And, and I appreciated that, that you should invest in what you're doing. The, the film that matters. Yeah. Making the best that what you can with what you have rather than yeah. making the best film to try to make money. Yeah. And, and I think many and any filmmakers miss that point. And I'm I'm 
best quote of the fucking damn podcast. Thank you very much. Maddie, <laughs> Church of Maddie. Elmore. Brought to you by the Church of Maddie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. Denied. But, <laughs> but again, it, it's one of those things that, yes, you know, I get passionate about because, again, as filmmaker, as an indie filmmaker, and it's something what we talked about, a lot of times we wish and hope for that Robert Rodriguez effect, for the Kevin yeah. Smith effect. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. No. And even and when we go to, uh, and we talked about this too, when we go to um, film festivals, mm-hmm. uh, when we apply to these big ones, Sundance, yeah. Sun. Mm-hmm. Sun uh, slam fest uh, and tribeca and all the big ones yeah yeah most people aren't going to watch them you know no. there's a likelihood one in 1000 that you might get the first five minutes of your film watched yep maybe if that yeah and you don't have any choice in what person watches those five minutes which isn't anybody's fault that's just the way it's a competitive industry and they can only have any festival can only show so many films yeah so it's really not if if you're going into making a movie with the idea that you're picking something because you think it's the most sellable, <laughs> that's a different kind of filmmaking that I personally am not interested in. If you start with some by connecting with a human in real life and wanting to tell a story, <laughs> that is how you create good art. And then the font you figure out how to pay for it <laughs> in a way that keeps the integrity of the original story. And the finances are what money is what allows you to make art. It shouldn't be that your film is your, like, um, your way into a career. If that makes sense. No, no, no. It, it, it it makes complete sense. At least to me. And, and hopefully the people who listen to this podcast, all three of them are kind of in the same kind of mentality because we're all filmmakers. We all love film. We all love, Talking about film, we like yeah. talking to people who like talking about film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all yeah. knew Parasite was a good movie before it hit, you know, the billboards. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we were surprised. We're like, what? Yeah, we're like, wait, this is getting attention? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a non-white person film that's boring as shit by millions of dollars? Mm. It's not American? What? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, no, I and I think, too, the, the question of should I apply to festivals or not? Should I distribute myself or not? I think they both have the same answer of like, what is your end goal? And, and really thinking, being realistic with your resources that you have. And like for us with SSA is the easiest way, way to talk about it because it was completely in my control. And it was also very much related to COVID. We were slotted to premiere on June, whatever, 2020. And we found that out Christmas, 2019. So we were excited. We had this whole plan to go and do a big in-person event. We'd invite everybody to show up and we'd kind of schmooze and do the thing. That obviously didn't happen. <laughs> um, and we realized in a couple of months of doing online festivals, virtual things, it was really, it was a struggle and it wasn't, and it and it turned into that where I was like, no, we have to go to festivals anyway, because then we'll get the laurels and then that makes us credible and blah, 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 blah. But ultimately by August, we were looking at each other like, it doesn't matter. What doesn't matter if we go to festivals, even though this is great. I And I do think that is a huge perk of going to festivals is having conversations like these with other filmmakers and storytellers and passion people. <laughs> That's a huge thing. And why I still will submit the festivals because of that chance, including the big ones. It sucks. And it's probably just a waste of a hundred bucks every time you apply, but it's also like, I don't know, why not? <laughs> the chance, the one in a million chance is still worth it. Um, but should you apply to festivals? Should you um, uh, premiere or self-distribute? I, I, I'll, I'll say again, this kind of festival is the kind of festival that is always worth the entrance fee because the people involved in f- festivals like yours are kind of like me, where we are passionate about film and storytelling. We're not so much, we don't care so much the, the famous people that are that are attached to a film or the potential marketability of yeah. a film that's not as important as important so if that's what's important to you apply to the film festivals like this one <laughs> where you have a higher chance of getting seen like you say and a higher chance of also getting seen by somebody who cares about your film in a film way and not so much in a how can i how much revenue can our festival make by including this film yeah no, it, but it, if you it, want to get famous, then I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it is true because again, we had we had to deal with the same. 
ideals when we were trying to figure out what festivals to submit for with my yeah. first one because we're like, okay, how much money do we really want to invest? And and yeah. I did. I submitted to South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. It was it was cringy because we waited till the last minute to get notified. Yep. And we're like, yes, we made it because everybody got the and no, we didn't make. It. No, no. But it was one of those like maybe, hopefully, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but because of film festivals, we also got our distribution deal. Yeah, right. So exactly. It, you know, so it it I don't know because I've been asked the same question. I'm like, it's all draw the luck. It really mm-hmm. is. It's all draw the luck. But it totally, totally is. You. And and this is a question I asked you um, when, and I get this asked a lot too. When you get your first distribution deal, did you get ripped off? And oh, great question. My point, yeah, my point was, I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, I didn't get ripped off in a way, but I didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And you've made a great point with with your plaque. Yeah, I'll show it again. Go Woo. for it. I don't know if your podcast is visual, but I, but I can no, I can explain. Well, they it. aren't. They're not. Yeah. Okay. So this I have I framed two two pieces of paper, <laughs> <laughs> and the top one is a check from Gravitas Ventures LLC. And when I got it, I was really excited. I was like, Oh my god, we finally are getting money from SSA. So it turns out this was actually not. This was some kind of promotional thing they gave like anybody who had shares in the company. So it is a check for fifteen cents. And it's the first check I've ever gotten that was like not zero dollars for a film that I've made. But I included underneath it the postage, the letter that it came in, which cost 53 cents for postage. So the entire the plaque that I have on my wall is like negative 40 something cents. (laughs) And that's what I've made on. Yes. But the whole point is like I kind of knew that I just we just realized in the couple of months that we were trying to do the festival thing during COVID. So it is a little different in that way that we were doing virtual festivals anyway. And the, the choice between virtual festivals and just skipping festivals and going straight online made sense to me. Cause I just, I just was fried. I was like, no, we just get, people are watching it online anyway, get it somewhere where they can watch it on their couch as opposed to their laptop. <laughs> um, but, but I looking f- and, and I, and I, but, but I do think in, in some ways, dollars and cents, I could, I could say that I got ripped off quote unquote, in this first deal, we still apparently owe them somehow. <laughs> like there was a there was a chunk of money, right? That they say, okay, great, well, you'll start making money after this amount is paid off. Yeah. Um. And some people would say that's bullshit. Um. But like 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 you, I kind of knew that was what I was signing up for. I kind of knew that I had to kind of get, I don't know, taken advantage of the first time, just to get online. <laughs> but then, like you say, a feature is then available forever. It's a permanent almost asset that I have that is a it's like a a piece, right, that I have that will always exist. So at the end of 10 years, we have a 10-year distribution deal with Gravitas for us to say, I plan on taking 100% of the rights back and publishing ourselves on Amazon. I know you can do that. Yeah. And I'm kind of at the point where I think I can me and Zoe, the two of us can do as much marketing as they did. <laughs> um, and since we've been on Amazon and, and we know how to, we know how to market that now. So it's, and it's worth it. I don't, I don't really care to, to, to keep calling Netflix or, or figuring out some email, you know, like info at hbo.com. Like, hi, my name is, I'm a filmmaker. And I've, I've given up on that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I still plan on applying to festivals like this because I, I love this kind of a conversation thing. But I kind of think unless a, a miracle sale happens where Netflix calls and they're like, wow, we love your gay movie. <laughs> you know, here's a million dollars. If I'll, I'll, like other than that, I plan on self-distributing for the rest of my life just because of that. It's 100 percent control and it allows me for any new project I start. If I know that in the back of my mind, I don't need to worry about marketability or anything like that. Then I can focus on and from the beginning, creating a piece that I care about. And the reasons for creating that are all my own <laughs> yep, yep. because it doesn't matter what other people think. All of a sudden it's, it's important what I'm trying to say. Man, <laughs> again, Maddie, that's like every time we speak, even recorded <laughs> or not, that again, makes so much sense. And I appreciate that because again, it's coming from somebody outside of the podcast. Yeah. Right. I told you here, we talk a lot of shit. We're full of shit. But to hear somebody, a fellow filmmaker who thinks along the same lines and has that same mentality is like, dude, I'm so tired of this, but 
I can still make films and I can still have them out there and I can still have people watch them because that's what I want. That's that's yep. who I am. I want yep. people to see my message. That's all. Yep. That's it. You know, and, and so thank you. And again, thank you for the film. And, and I'm going to kind of mm-hmm. outro now. Um, yeah. And this and I, I said this before and I, I wanted to put it publicly. The reason why we brought back film news and and how happy I am to talk to you and how being here with you talking and having had the last two hours <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Um and, and it's because again after COVID life happens and, and shit mm-hmm. happens and we all go through that little depression because we don't have that connection. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. that human connection, that human humanity or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But this, the podcast, allows me, me personally, mm-hmm. to be yeah. with other filmmakers who have that spark, who still have that, that fire, that that angst to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's it's that that sharpening of stone, that stone, yeah. you know, sharpened stone, that that rough exterior that you have as a filmmaker because you've done it, you've been mm-hmm. through it. Now I'm going through it. I'm like, oh, thank you, yeah, yeah, so much, because yeah. you've helped me more than anything else, and hopefully. Mm-hmm. You can help my fellow three listeners. And I say three listeners because I always kid around that. But we, anyways, um, <laughs> we learned how to self-distribute podcasting. It's worked out well. Good for you, it is. It's one of those things that I appreciate other filmmakers. And 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 uh-huh. I'm so happy to connect with y'all. And y'all are more of, of an emotional and psychological help for me. Because y'all are. Um, and I say y'all because I, I consider a lot of y'all that have been through my festival and through here and whatever and hopefully from here on out i continue to connect with y'all um mm-hmm. but it's, it's awesome so y'all have done more for me than i could ever do for y'all just mm-hmm. know that that personally this is something that i've appreciated and thank you and and i thank you for your time and effort and thank you for your film um let let my guys know where can we find your film again your guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, my guys. My guys. <laughs> uh, well, my personal name is Maddie Purvis. My last name looks like Purves, so that hopefully should be easy to remember. But um, the film that we're talking about today is Same Sex Attracted, uh, which we didn't Oh, yeah, mention. we were talking about that. No, I'm like, that is kind of a, a label that not everybody knows about. But um, not only Mormons, but many Christian communities actually use this term to talk about homosexuality uh so somebody who was very much a believer might say hi i'm so and so and i struggle with same-sex attraction or i am same-sex attracted or i am ssa which is interesting not everybody you know instead of taking a label like queer or gay or whatever they say that so that's our title of our film (laughs) and uh it, it doesn't always put it on on all the platforms like apple and everything but we include the quotations around yeah. the words as part of the title because it is kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of label in that way <laughs> um and that is on apple tv and amazon um, as well as like voodoo like where and tubi and roku and playstation if you're a nerd like me <laughs> um and the other film that i made is anchor point we talked a little bit about it female yeah. wildlife firefighters Great and that's film. also on apple tv and amazon and I, i'm excited for you to finish it the the, the sound in towards the end is is really fun so. Well, I'm excited to get you back here and talking about that. And I just want to talk time, to you. <laughs> next time, maybe we, we could bring on your, your co-director, Zoe. I love that. I love that. But I, again, I do appreciate you being here, being part of the festival, being part of the podcast. Thank you, Maddie. You, you've been a Thank great you. person, filmmaker, just all around the church of Maddie. Oh, oh right back at you. No church. No church ever again. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the cult. The cult of Maddie. Yes. The cult of Maddie. That's better. I appreciate better. that. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you out there um please be kind uh supporting the filmmakers uh go over check out our film hit the like uh leave a, a review any kind of review positively pre- preferred you know but leave a review let her know that you're watching it um again metadata does matter especially when we self-distribute the more we get it out there the more people like it the more people are the more the the, the cogs in the world kind of turn and see that our films are out there, uh, especially when you have an awesome film like hers. Um, again, Same Sex, sex Attracted. It's on... Um, the places, Amazon, Apple. Just Google it, man. Google it. I'm <laughs> You're going to find it. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. Maddie, again, thank you for being on our podcast. Thank um, you so much. It's been a treasure. <laughs> until next time, hopefully I keep remembering to hit record. 
Um, but again, thank you guys. <laughs> See y'all again. All right, bye.